0: Now for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn.
1: Good morning, Simi.
0: All right, let's talk about BC's approach to what's going on out there, because there's a lot of comparison, I feel like, going on between provinces these days.
1: Yeah, there is. And of course, uh, the Premier of Quebec has gotten an awful lot of attention with this proposal he, well, what he did last week, which is uh, announced that access to liquor stores and cannabis stores, you'd have to have uh, a, vaccin- a vaccination card I show you were vaccinated to get in. And the other thing, of course, is he floated this idea. And I emphasize floated because he didn't really give us a lot of detail of how it would be applied or to whom, but he floated the idea that maybe the unvaccinated should pay more for health care some way. Because of the strain they're putting on the system. So, that's opened up a debate, uh, certainly a debate here in British Columbia. And on this issue, I would say both sides uh, have uh, extreme arguments. There's some pretty nasty stuff going around on social media on this issue.
0: There really is. It's even more toxic than it had been uh, during the pandemic. A lot of this, I feel like, got sparked by the whole Quebec thing.
1: Yes. So a a, a couple of things to put into perspective on this to get started on it. Uh, First of all, it is true here in British Columbia because it was the theme of Dr. Bonnie Henry's presentation this week. The unvaccinated are disproportionately uh, a burden on the healthcare system at the moment. They are more likely to get a serious case of COVID-19 Only 10% of the population, but disproportionately. They're more likely to get a serious case of COVID-19. They're more likely to spread it. They're more likely to end up in hospital. They're more likely to end up in the ICU. And Dr. Henry is too much of a diplomat to say it, but they may also be more likely to end up dead. So they are the burden on the system. The stats here in BC show it. But the question is what to do about it. I think Health Minister Adrian Dix has provided, so far, Simi, um, a few good responses. So first of all, he says that British Columbia has a much higher vaccination rate than Quebec. Uh, We're over 90%. Quebec is still struggling to get to 80%. Second of all, he said we have brought in vaccination mandates where. BC, but targeted them. And one of the main targets we did was to the healthcare system. Healthcare workers have to be vaccinated and at risk of their jobs. Well, Quebec backed away from that. So those two points of comparison are important. And I think the third one is you do have to look at the history of the NDP and its predecessor, the CCF, in this country. It has always supported and pioneered universal health care. And the idea of a punitive tax or levy or some kind of collection system on some people that might restrict their access to the system or make them pay more for access is just not consistent with NDP ideology.
0: Right. You talked about the vaccination mandate, too, because Quebec tried, right? They backed yeah. down at the last minute.
1: They did. And look, it's, it's election year, Quebec. I mean, you, you, I don't think everything needs to be looked at with cynicism but it is an election year in quebec the same with the talk by the president of france macron who's picking fights with with anti-vaxxers uh he's looking at an election too and both jurisdictions have a problem they're trying to deal with i just i don't think it's in the cards here i do think simi that there is merit for at least a discussion here about whether or not with the system still in danger of being overwhelmed some additional restrictions would have merit and I don't even though the government says those are not in the works right now I don't think they've either completely ruled them out they may have to bring in some additional restrictions unless the wave peaks before the healthcare system is overwhelmed.
0: Right. The interesting one in Quebec, I thought, too, was where they said, if you want to go to a liquor store, if you want to buy alcohol, you have to be vaccinated.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, if if we've decided that going to the gym, which is a very healthy thing, is not absolutely essential and just talk to the gym operators about that, um, I don't think it would be outrageous for the government to say you're going to need to show a, a vaccination passport to get into a liquor store. Uh, in Quebec, that one did work. I think uh, you know uh, Chris Gaylis pointed it out during uh, global 's town hall on Monday night. I think what they got a fourfold increase in uh, vaccinations within a couple of days of announcing that, so I think that could be an effective message here in b c privately semi BC officials say that um, making it a requirement to get into the uh, government regulated cannabis stores would probably backfire because the underground cannabis market in British Columbia is so well entrenched. Uh, So, you know, again, different jurisdictions, different circumstances. But I do think that uh, liquor stores, I could see the province uh, sending that message uh, out and, um, you know, maybe getting a jump again in vaccinations, although, again, as Dix has pointed out many times, we're well ahead of Quebec on that anyway.
0: Right. Okay, so that's another one that we have to wait and see. I could see the one about the cannabis stores for sure, right? Because the people will just go back to buying it underground. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, everyone's got their their local dealer grower on speed dial Has been driving the government crazy. Uh, it's one of the reasons that the, uh, the government-run cannabis stores haven't produced the revenue stream that B.C. was hoping for. Uh, you know, uh, B.C. bud predates uh, legalization, and there are a lot of people out there Uh who I've heard of, I gather they exist. Uh, who actually have a preferred local supplier and a brand they very much like.
0: Uh, let's talk about some triage here too, uh, because given what we keep hearing about the healthcare system, do we need to have like a system where we know who's going to get treated and who is going to get put off?
1: So yeah, now this is a delicate area to discuss, and you know. And yet, I do think there's merit in discussing it. And here's how I would come at it the healthcare system already practices triage with scarce resources. Just ask anybody who's had their scheduled surgery canceled in the last two months. There's a lot of people out there in pain, uh, awaiting uh, joint replacement surgery. I know something of that. I've had joint replacement surgery. Uh, There are people waiting for tests and all sorts of other things who've been told to wait. And the reason they've been told they're going to have to wait is because the system is in danger of being overwhelmed with COVID-19 cases. Dr. Henry herself has said it, COVID-19 at least in terms of hospitalization, is largely a preventable illness. So I do think there is merit with the health minister at least opening a discussion on this. And, you know, as I said, I think you'd have to be careful and not make it sound just like you're threatening, but I would it be so wrong for the health minister to simply raise this issue, Simi? You've got Two patients in the ER, both needing ventilation, but there's only one ventilator. One is vaccinated. Mm. One isn't vaccinated. Who gets the ventilator? I, I the healthcare system doctors make that kind of decision on the fly in the system all along and the system itself the administrators make the decision when they cancel as they've done thousands of elective surgeries so it's not as if we aren't already making judgment calls around the problem created by the unvaccinated and maybe it would send an important message to the unvaccinated that there are consequences for everybody else for oh their decision to not get vaccinated. Oh,
0: boy. Okay. Thanks so much for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Cindy. Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun.